Blessings to all of you. You know, we're, uh, we're at the end of this little mini-series that we opened up the year with, this idea of life apps and uh, how we can apply our faith to something that is foundational and be growing wherever we are with God. You know, we started out by talking about the platform on which all the apps kind of are built. And uh, we mentioned that the first thing we need to do, and Jesus talked about it, was to, to remember that the most important thing is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love he said, our neighbor as ourself, basically love God and love people. That was the foundation. Then we, ex we explored with our first app sort of this idea of how do we love people better? What does that look like relationally? We talked about the Good Samaritan and try to sit with it. And then we, we followed that up last week by talking about the application of celebrating life's gifts and surprises. And we spent a lot of time just pondering the story that Jesus gave us, the, the story of the prodigal son. Really, it was a story of, of, of two lost sons a younger son and an older son. And um, we, we tried to get everybody thinking about where are we there, you know? Where are we there in terms of our life? Now we're, we're moving into this third application, this third life app, and we're gonna talk about how to grow in the season that we're in. And this is actually quite important. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it, it says this, in the, that there is, you know, there is a season. There, to everything there is a season and a, a time for every purpose. In, in, in under heaven, and this idea of, of thinking about the season that we're in. This is part of what we want to explore. We want, to, want us to just be able to glean wisdom. Now, my purpose is not just that we will have a, a nice teaching and, and be off to the rest of our day. A lot of things will happen later on in the day. What I want to do is I want us to really actually think about what's important, truly important. Not, not the, the, just the, the games and the, and, the, and the fun of life, but I want to really get us thinking about our life at a soul level. I'm asking you to consider investing your thought and energy and whatever spiritual sincerity we have at a soul level into this moment for the purpose of having God perhaps speak to us about our life in the unique season that we're in. So I want to pray. I want to ask God to bless what we're about to do. I don't want to take for granted that... Um, and we should just presume his presence. We want to ask him for it. Lord, I, I want to invite you to come. You know, we, we've sung about you. We've sung to you. I know that we have other things planned, but we're here in this place where your name is loved. And it's an opportunity for us to also be open to what you might want to say to us about our lives. And no matter where we are, no matter whatever season we're in, we're all in different places. But I know you have words for us where we are. You have something that you want to speak to us about. And I pray that we would have an openness and a listening ear, as it were, to be able to receive the grace that you want to give to us and wisdom. So I ask for your blessing over our time. I ask this in the name of Jesus. And I say, amen, Lord. Let it be so, God. You know, I like to think of, of the life, and some of you know this, in terms of this natural seasons. It's something uh, for a number of years I've kind of found compelling. And so, you know, however we think in terms of the length of life, Think of life as having a springtime, life as having a summertime, life as having a fall or autumn, and life has a wintertime. And if we believe the words of Jesus, then life also has something of new beginning and a new springtime that awaits us beyond winter. That's the promise of the cross and the resurrection. But you know what? When we think about it, we might, I, we've, some people have said to me, well, how, how, you know, how long is spring and how long is summer? And how, 
you know, it just depends. Different people think of it differently, but usually it's around that whole 20 to 25 years creates a season of our life, give or take some. And uh, a few, to get, few days ago, actually, I was reflecting on my life and times um, because something happened that reminded me that the years were just flying by. You know, every now and then something will happen and you'll just go, wow, time is just flying. And one of those moments happened to me. Now, some of you know, my, my wife and I, Cheryl and I, we have four children. We have an older son, an older daughter, a younger son, and a younger daughter. And, um, well, let me, let, me, let me show you a picture of our, our youngest daughter, cutie pie. Um, I, I, that's how she was, by the way, about 15 years ago when I used to call her Peanut. Um, this is her today because she just turned 20 on Thursday, which meant something. If that's our baby, that means we don't have any more teenagers in our, in our world anymore. But it also meant something to Cheryl and I because now all of our four children are in their 20s. And that was a marking point. We just looked at each other and we said, wow, this is the end of an era for us. This is, it, 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 it represented something. It was just a way of marking years, but it meant something. And I thought, you know, wow, you know, time flies, seasons turn, seasons, seasons move into other seasons. And before we know it, life is, is being lived and, and time passes quickly. And, you know, just thinking about that because, you know, like all of us, there will be things that periodically stop us in our tracks and get us thinking about life a little bit differently. There might be the loss of a loved one. You know, like I shared, when my grandmother died for me, that was an end of something, you know. And some of us have those experiences. But this was a marking point. We have these marking points. I was thinking about uh, generations and how people mark them. And a book that I read years back by Howen Strauss talked about um, how they categorized sort of generational life phases. I just wanted to put it up real quick to use as a bit of a blueprint, a framework, if you will. The way Howen Strauss described it, they said, you know, childhood, and they use this term, they said it's about those years between zero and 20. Uh, you know, young adulthood, 21 to 41, midlife, 42, 62, elderhood, 63 to 83, and then the, the bonus time, you know, late elderhood, 84, and however long it goes. And, um, you know, but when you overlay the, the generational model onto the seasonal model, what it does is it, it provides us for a, a, a different way of thinking about seasons and life stages. And so one of the things we we're invited to do is think about where we are as we're exploring this life app. Where are we? Um, what, what does it mean? And how should we be thinking about the remainder of our days? You know, in your handout there, you see that I, I put the 90th Psalm. The 90th Psalm is a Psalm of Moses, actually. It's the only one in Psalm 90 is where it's recorded. And um, watch what he has to say about God, his, uh, his eternal quality, and our temporal quality. It's very poetic, but it, it has something to say. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or you had ever formed the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So basically he's establishing that God is timeless, that God dwells in eternity. 
Then he contrasts that with the plight of humankind. He says, you turn man to destruction. You say, return, O children of men. For you, time means nothing. A thousand years in your sight is like yesterday when it's already passed. And like a watch in the night, you carry them away. That's us like a flood. They're like the sleep in the morning. We're like the grass. Our lives are like the grass that grows up. In the morning, it flourishes. It grows up. But in the evening, it cuts, it's cut down and it withers. And then he concludes in verse 12. Look what he says. He says, so Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to value, to make full use of this opportunity of life. Um, give us wisdom for living. Help us, Lord, to remember that we don't have all the time in the world, that time is moving on. And um, you want us to be unstuck. You want us to keep getting better. You want us to keep growing. You want us to be a blessing. You want us to use this gift of life. Now, at a, at a personal level, it, you know, again, making my way in this autumn season of, of my life, uh, you know, trying to more acutely number my days, grappling with how to embrace and grow through it. That's what we, we are invited to do. Perhaps some of you can relate to a passage of Scripture that I, as a very, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm gonna, the passage of Scripture I'm going to have us look at, I'm going to put it up in a moment, is a, is a passage of Scripture that speaks profoundly to me at this stage in my life, and, and, and yet at the same time, um, I remember as a young follower of Jesus when I was just a teenager in high school, uh, I had just begun to follow the Lord. Uh, I was a freshman, and I remember sitting, and I was trying to think about the world and think about what really, what really mattered and looked at what Jesus said about what, you know, what does it profit a person if they gain the whole world and lose their own soul. And um, you know, I was, was thinking about these kinds of concepts a lot. And I, I, I found myself drifting to a passage in Corinthians that was challenging, that challenges us to see our world a little bit differently than we're tempted to do. And so I want to put this verse up. This is, these are from 2 Corinthians 4. It says, therefore we do not lose heart. And by the way, that's a great way to start. Because life has a way of getting us to lose heart sometimes. Sometimes we are, feel so beaten down by things that it's hard to move forward. I get that. This is not just like have faith and you always be happy. There are going to be things in life that can be crushing and disappointing. Some of those things happen early on in life, in the spring of our lives. I, I talk to people all the time that are in their middle summer years and autumn years and are struggling with things that happened in their springtime. It's like it, it, it is, it was, some, some of those choices have to do with things that we chose to do that damaged us. Other of them have to do with things that were done by other people that we had no power over and they affected our lives. And because of that, you know, we are working through that. Part of following Christ is getting healed up and learning how to, to resolve things and to be able to move forward with the plans he has for us. But this verse says, therefore we do not lose heart. It was meant to be encouraging for even though our outer person is perishing, remember that, no matter how young we are, our outer person will perish. Our inward person, however, can be renewed day by day. It can grow. And then he went on to say, this light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Right? Because we do not look at the things which are seen. That's always the temptation, isn't it? To be defined purely by what we see. We do not look at the things which are seen. Because the things which are seen, they are temporal. They will pass away, fade away. They will erode. They will not last forever. Even as Moses said. He says, but the things that are not seen, things of the spirit, things of the soul, the things of God, these things are anything but temporary. They are, they are eternal. And so we need to focus on things that are eternal. Again, going back to what Jesus said, 
What does it profit a person if they gain the whole world but lose their own soul? It's inviting us, see what that verse is doing? It is, it is inviting us to think of our lives in light of eternity, to cultivate an eternal perspective that causes us not to want to escape this world, but choose to choose to live in more healthy, um, Jesus-centered ways, I can put it that way, in our present. And that means that we've got to be sort of committed to a growth plan in the season that we're in. And the Lord has some things to say to us around this. I'm, I'm pretty convinced of that. that. That's the biblical framework for thinking about life in terms of our seasons. Because when we really think of it this way, we realize we're actually on a journey. We're on a journey. We're, we, there's, there's something, what Jesus said, that because he had come, he said there's, there's far more than just this, this life. And if that is true, then he says, I want you to remember, always let where things are going affect how you are living in the present. Our perspective of the future affects how we live in the present. And, and if we remember what Jesus taught us, then it's going to affect how we live our lives. It's going to affect how we love. It's going to affect how we work. It's going to affect how we think about things like aging, like death, and, 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 and the focus of this life app message, which is seasonal opportunity. And again, just bearing that in mind. So what I want to do, and I just want to do this fairly rapidly, but I want to talk about how we can maximize seasonal opportunities. Because in, if, if the Lord has given us a time frame to live, then we need to be able to explore that a little bit differently. And what I'm hoping we can do is take advantage of this wonderful opportunity that we call church. Because church, in, in my mind, is what we're doing right now when we come together. In a, in a, with, like Jesus said, we're two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Hebrews 10 says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the gathering of ourselves together, as the tendency of some is, but exhorting, encouraging one another so much the more, even as we see the day of his coming approaching. Having said that, one of the things I love about church is that it allows us to not only honor God, but allows us to listen to our lives. And we need to do that because we're very busy. Think about what God did. When he was establishing the, the church of the Old Testament, Israel, he gave them these commands. We know them as the Ten Commands. All right? It was more comprehensive than that, but that was the, this, the, the nut of the fruit. And in the Ten Commands, one of them was so unique because it was devoted not to a, you shall not do this. It was something that God said he wanted his people to do so that they would be healthy and blessed. You know what he said? I need you to honor the Sabbath. I need you to set aside one day in seven to make an intentional effort to not only think about who you are in relationship to me, but I want you to be able to truly rest and not define yourself exclusively by your work. He was basically saying, you are not mere animals. You are not an ox or a donkey. You are a human being. You are the jewel of the creation of God. You were created to know him, to love, to create. And part of that means you, get to, you need to be able to pull out and think differently. And that's an invitation God makes to, for us, and that's one of the reasons why I love church because it's an opportunity for us to think about things in a different way than we normally would and to really ponder things together. Now, I say that because I wanna put some things up and these are gonna go fairly fast, so just consider it and then we'll, there might be a few of them we dive into, but in light of what we just shared, we would do well to ask this question, what season are we in? Based upon the models that we had, the season, spring, summer, autumn, fall, where, where you know, autumn, fall, winter, where are we? So what season are we in? Now, I'm going to take it one step further. I think each season, I'm going to call it each season of life has a micro season. 
three of them. Let's just say, for example, spring has an early, a middle, and a late. Summer, an early, a middle, and a late. Fall, an early, a middle, and a late. Now, here's the thing. Seasons, when you're in late summer, it almost ha can feel no different than early fall. When you're in late spring, it almost feels no different than, you know, when late spring and early summer feel almost no different. But eventually, we go on far enough, we will realize that it, it is different. And, and the, the days shorten. The clothes people start wearing is different. The way it feels is different. That's the same thing with the nature of life. One of the things I think is helpful to do periodically is say, okay, not only where am I in terms of my overarching season, like I'm in the spring, I'm in the summer, am I, am I in fall, am I in winter? But within that, where am I? Again, we're, this is not an unbiblical thing because the Lord invites us to Psalm 90, number your days. Think about life, times, all right? Jesus talked about thinking, reflecting on life, have an eternal perspective, let that affect how we are living. So examining a life is very legitimate. Having said that, within the framework, so am I in a mini, where is our mini period? Are we in an early period, a middle period, a latter period? Are we in a, trans, here's why, transitions, when we transition from one season to a next, is a lot of times where people go off the rails. Transitional periods are difficult sometimes because, they, because it, it, we're trying to grapple with something that, that feels, can feel a little bit odd for us. And this is important for we remember where are we. And then that leads me to the second piece. And again, I said I'm going to do this fairly rapidly. But once we identify our season, be intentional about choosing to live in it gratefully. The reason I say that is because it can be very easy to become dissatisfied. And... Um, we, we might fight against it. Some of us might fight against it because we don't want to accept it. Others of us because we don't want to leave where we were. Uh, sometimes we just feel kind of even resentful. The point is, uh, if, we, if we are anything less than, than trying to, Lord, keep my heart grateful, it, it undermines our ability to embrace what the Lord has for us. So we don't want to live in denial. We, we want to live honest and then ask good questions, you know, to embrace the complexity of our life, listen, and I know for the younger, maybe, I mean, real young, it may, this may not make sense. But as we get older, a lot of our naivete um, is, is lost. We need to be able to embrace life with all of its joy and with all of its pain. We need to be able to embrace, as Jesus invited us to, to be able to embrace life with all of its happiness and disappointment, with all of its majesty and with all of its mystery. It's what makes us human. And, and I said, so, so embrace it thankfully, try to wrestle with it, try to appreciate it. And then thirdly, remember, here it is, just quick. Remember that God wants us to grow in the season that we're in. So this is what I want to get to. How do we do that? Now, for those of us who are younger, I was thinking about a verse. This verse, I think, could be helpful because I'm a, I think that it's really good for us to have seasonal verses. And even if it's a mini-season verse, one of the reasons I'm encouraging, we've been encouraging as a church, everyone to read through the New Testament, is because it allows God to sort of create opportunities to him to speak very precisely to us, as well as the benefit of just reading it through and all that comes from just having a good knowledge base. There's a value because it allows God to speak to us and say, hey, you know what? As we're honest with it, we wrestle with his words. This is a word for you within this word. And there have been times in my life where I've been reading God's word and all of a sudden I've been going through something in my life and it's like the word that I was reading became a living word for me in that very, you know, intentional moment. I, I was like, this is a word for your season of what you're right in right now. Hold on to that word. Really big on us on holding on to verses as, as a word for a season. Now, when we're young, okay, those of us who are in a, 
maybe late spring, early summer, here's a great verse um, to be reminded of. This is from Timothy. It talks about the example that we are to sort of not let anyone just, you know, say, well, you're just young. Look what, look what the Bible says. Do not let anyone really think less of you because you're younger. Instead, be an example to all believers in the ways, in what you say, and in, in, think about it, in the way in which you live, in the way in which you love, in your faith, the quality of it, and, and in your purity. What, I mean, what an invitation to be an example, to be an example of, for others of what it means to genuinely love the Lord, to contend for that, to, to be able to own that, to say, Lord, I wanna, I wanna live my life as an example for you. I wanna live my life, I want the quality of who you are to be at work in my life so that it shows up in the way in which I, I talk about you and the way in which I live and the way in which I love and the way in which I, I just, you know, honor you by the choices I make. I want to do that. And for those of us who are maybe a little older, here's a verse that's been valuable for me. Um, just, it, it, by the way, this comes from a chapter that is usually read a lot at a wedding. It's called the love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. But in that chapter, Paul says this, and he's speaking, he's a man, he says it this way. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But now that I've come to maturity, I'm a man, I've, I've put away childish things. Now here's the thing, that's an invitation for some of us to stop fighting God and to make the break so that we can move on. Let us lay aside the sin and the weight that does so easily beset us and run this race with patience that has been set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, letting go and looking unto. Are there things that God's calling us to let go of? Are there things that, that we're going, you know what, that was me, but that, I'm, honestly, I, that's childish. And I need to move forward. Not lose my childlike wonder, but lose my childishness. Always differentiate between the two. The Lord always wants us to keep a soft heart and a childlike heart, but he doesn't want us to be childish, which is different because it tends to be self selfish and immature. And it's very much dependent on what I get and what I don't get. It doesn't necessarily understand nuance and how to live in questions, how to live there, how to prosper there, how to be resilient. These are different things. These are different qualities. Are the things that God's saying, are you still gonna, look, it's not gonna be an issue of salvation. It's not gonna be an issue if you get it. It's gonna be, do you really wanna live that far below your potential? Or is there something more that I want to do in your life? These are great questions. So bearing that in mind, I'm going to quickly push into, actually, how do we grow then in the season that we're in? We said God wants us to grow. Well, how do we do it? Well, here we go. Number one. And this is just real quick stuff because I like to put handles on things. Be realistic about our opportunities and limitations. Every season has an opportunity in it. And every season, you know, I'm, okay, some people are always dreaming. And I'm not anti-dreaming, but I am pro-reality, okay? I am. And when our dreaming under, undermines our willingness to act on what we have in the present, it can actually become unhelpful. We may wistfully ponder, right, you know, what can be and then refuse to honestly assess what actually is. Some of us are far too hard on ourselves. Others of us, <laughs> we're... We're too lenient. Some of us are pushing ourselves too hard and some of us aren't pushing ourselves enough. And uh, the key, I think, is to be realistic about our seasonal um, opportunities and limitations. Some seasons, okay, for example, 
we have a lot of young families. In those seasons, and some of us, I mean, when you're parenting young children, it requires so much energy and sacrifice that it can almost be jarring and overwhelming. And some seasons require us to, to work also, you know, say, for example, extremely hard on our jobs, especially when we're younger with very little fanfare and modest compensation, and, 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 the, and it can become easily to be fr frustrated. So again, I'm using those two as an examples. The point is, different seasons have different challenges. They have different demands on us. We have to be okay about that. We have to be honest about that. We have to remember that, okay, for different seasons and different times in our lives, different virtues and perspectives are required. So it's really important. If, if, if we find ourselves um, in, say, for example, in a place where, you know, we're feeling like we're under a lot of pressure, we're not getting a lot of affirmation, well, that's going to require a kind of patience, patience and consistency with, with little affirmation. But others of us, we might find that we're in a very different place. We're in a season where, okay, it's, it's, what's really required is humility and flexibility. Like when we're in the autumn and winter of life, things like health and waning vitality and, a, and an emerging sense of obsolescence. See, here's the challenge right now. Some of us are in younger places and we have certain challenges that we're facing. Others of us are in an older place in life and we've got certain challenges that we're facing. And sometimes the challenges of getting older is just I'm, I'm getting passed by. And my best days are behind me. And what I'm going to say is that in every place, God has a word for us that will call us to a place of flourishment and growth. And it's so important then that we think about these things and that we remember that, you know, Lord, don't let me be, be like too frustrated, but then also don't let me not challenge myself. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Don't, don't, don't let me be too easy on myself, but also let me not be too hard on myself. It sounds so simple, but it's hard to do actually. And then secondly, here it is. Set seasonal goals and aspirations and differentiate between being an artist and an architect. What are you talking about? Goals are specific and um, they're measurable, but an aspiration is more of a tone. It's more of a, a desire, a direction. And each of us has to kind of feather out a little bit, you know, which of the two approaches are better. Um, I realize that for those who are really heavy goal setters, it can almost, this can almost sound like ludicrous because everyone knows achievers are goal setters, right? But that's not, often, that's not always true. Um, some of us are more artistic. And what I mean by that is we're less inclined to be architect types. We're more inclined to be artistic types. And that I mean is that we're less rigid in our life approach. Some of us just don't like being that contained. And we may, not, we've, we may find more joy in a tone or a direction that invites us to kind of discover life and not just set all these goals that we're pursuing rather than just plot out this specific course that we're going to follow. We feel more like we want to be open to the, to the things of life. Um, both of them have challenges. When we're, um, we're kind of an architect type of person, and this is how we think about moving forward in life, the danger is we become driven. And in our tenacious pursuit of certain things that we find valuable that somehow make us what we are, we can then compromise other things that are actually more important according to Jesus. Things like loving him and loving people. Oftentimes in our pursuits, we can, we, when, we're, when we're sort of an architect type person, we, we, we get so focused that we're, our, our scope is so narrow it's, it's not like we're trying to be mean. We just don't see things. That's what I love about Jesus, by the way. He modeled the beauty of both. 
He was both an architect and an artist. He, he was someone fiercely committed to the pursuit of doing his father's will, totally, totally focused on the cross, and yet he models, as you read about his life, and watch how he moves, he models such discerning eyes. I mean, he, he was seeing things other people missed. He seemed capable of having conversations and, and loving with nuances that a lot of times people just weren't noticing. I, I look at him, he, see, because the challenge for the art, see, some people go, well, I'm, 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 I'm not necessarily an architect, I'm an artist type, and the artist, the artist just goes, you know, I just want to live life. I'm not, I'm not going to set any goals. I'm just going to enjoy life, right? The da- the, and, I'm, and, you know, they, they, a lot of times I, I hear people quote to me, they'll quote to me Thoreau. Not all who wander are lost, right? And I say, yeah, that's true, but a lot are, and, and you need to be really careful there because you can get lost. And I think the danger of being a person who maybe is less goal-oriented is that we just sort of like just float through life and meander our way. Now, meandering has its values, but there's a time when God wants us to clamp down and focus on things too. Both places need to have anchor points. When we're very driven, we need to keep asking ourselves, Lord, don't let me build on something that honestly doesn't matter and pour everything I've got into it. And then at the end of the day, I realize I put my ladder against the wrong wall. On the other hand, those of us who are just sort of wandering, we need to be careful. We, we, need, to, we need to make sure that we're having time for prayer and reflection. We're bringing other people's voices into our lives because we can oftentimes just sort of go unchallenged and we're not going to maximize who the Lord's calling us to be in the season that we're in. Both are required. Okay, I'll push a little bit further in this. Make time to appreciate each season. Thirdly, despite its challenges, I'm not going to spend a ton of time here except to say that every season has its beauty. And God wants us to enjoy the beauty of it instead of just focusing and fixating on what's wrong. We, we can do, you know, we can do that so easy. I mean, it's amazing how easy it is for us to start looking at all the things that aren't going right or all the people who are disappointing us, all the things I wish I had, what's not going well. Because if that's how we want to live... We can always do it, but the Bible says that we are not to focus that way. We are to be a a different kind of people because we can always find reasons to have a bad attitude. That one is clear to me. And we can always find reasons why someone is disappointing us. But God wants us to be a people who, for the most part, focus on what is good. And I'll leave it with this. Pause then, not just to appreciate each season's gifts, but try to honor the past, and we'll close with this, and also settle into a future with gratitude. Ask the Lord to help us to be able to honor the past but not get stuck in the past. I see people get stuck in the past, and it can happen for all of us, in, for two reasons. Sometimes we get stuck there because those were our glory days. I always remember, oh, remember that. Okay. I understand. But what about today? Other times we get stuck in the past because we got a trust injury or a wound. That thing keeps haunting us. Again, I went back to the beginning. It might have something to do with the choice we made, a decision we made, an experience we had, a series of, of things that we that happened to us. But they, they begin to, we get, it's almost like we're stuck in our past. Can't get out of that. And the Lord's trying to say, I need you to, I need you to accept what I have for you and heal up. And remember we talked about this? It's not about never having a wound. A lot of times we'll have wounds, but it's about the Lord saying, I want to heal that thing so that it, it, it'll be a scar, but it won't be infected. A lot of times, we're, we're walking around with an infection. And that infection is connected to our past. And God's trying to say, you know, you need to let that go. You need to receive my forgiveness. You need to receive my life. My, listen, my yoke is easy. 
My burden is light. Take my yoke upon you. That is, a yoke was a harness. It was, an, it was a tool for a, oxen, and one would be stronger than the other, and, and they would tie two together. And what Jesus was saying is, let me, let me bear the weight. Come on. It wasn't an escapist. It was just saying, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Don't let this, don't let things wait. Don't walk around offended. Don't walk around angry, despairing. That's not the way the Lord. He wants us to have a resolution with things, and he wants us to have an optimistic sense of our future because we have a great Savior. What that means is we get to, we get to hold on to promises, both now and yet to be. And I, I really, okay, what we're going to hear in a moment are some practical things. We've got a, a clip that we've created. It's been part of the Life App series. We're going to hear some practical things that we can do in addition to some of the things we laid out around a, a kind of a biblical framework. Then what we're going to do is we're going to have our time of giving in the closing song that is connected to it in a kind of broad sense. It challenges us to sort of live life enthusiastically and to sort of think about what it means to honor him in our season. But I want to pray specifically in this moment for a lot of us and where we are. So let me do that. And so, Lord, I just want to say, I want to ask you to help us to have openness and listening ears. I know, Lord, that, you know, there's a good thing that happens when we think about the, the time and the season of our life and ask ourselves hard questions about what you're trying to get us to be open to. Some of us, you're calling us into a place of growth and harvest. Others of us, Lord, it's about letting go. Others of us, it's about getting healed up. Others of us, it has to do with having a different perspective on things. I, maybe there are things that we're supposed to hold on to tightly versus we're supposed to claim. What is it that you're trying to say to us, God? Help us not to just keep running through life, but allow your life to run through us. I ask for your blessing. I ask for your, your goodness and your grace. And I pray that we would just gain wisdom from what we're about to share, even in these closing minutes. This is what I ask in Jesus' name. Amen, God. We've learned from Pastor Terry about the importance of our life platform as it relates to growing seasonally. What I'd like to explore as we take this into our everyday lives is a life application that we'll call the Life Seasons app. It's only fitting that we're here among a vineyard, as Jesus used the example of the vine and the vineyards many times throughout his teaching. And of course, a vineyard knows the tests and the trials of all seasons, but somehow manages to bear fruit over and over. So let's start with planting. There are no vines and there are no grapes without some form of planting. Someone must get down and dirty to plant a seed with hopes of one day tasting the outcome and good fruit of the labor. Nowhere is the adage of what goes in is what comes out better used than in the metaphor of planting seeds and an eventual harvest. We want the best to come from us, so that means we must pay close attention to what we're planting within us. For sure, the world has no shortage of its own seeds, online material, media messages, TV shows, songs, books, pictures, diversions, activities. These are all seeds that can get planted within us and sometimes get very, very deeply rooted. Why is what we plant so important? Well, because if we're planting the wrong seeds, then by the time of harvest, it can be too late to change and we can miss opportunities. Are you wondering what you're planting? Well, let's try this exercise to find out. Sit down with your calendar and your credit card statement, or maybe your checkbook, and look over the last three months to see where your time and money is being spent. Wherever your time and money is going, those are good indicators of the seeds that are being planted. 
After planting, then comes the growing season. We have to trust that if we've planted the right seeds and are doing all the right things to water, nourish, and cultivate growth, that what is happening below the surface, the stuff we can't see, is gonna be successful. All of our Bible time, our prayer time, our fellowship time, the disciplines of our mind. Just because our growth seems slower than we want it to be, doesn't mean that we should give up and just stagnate. Our growing and our maturity only comes from whatever time it's supposed to take. And then of course we must do our part by not ignoring what is happening around us. If we want growth to occur, then we have to be sure we're keeping away those things that might stop or stunt our growth. Most of the time, we know what those things are in our lives, and too many times it comes down to whether or not we are committed and disciplined enough to weed out the bad before it feels too overgrown to tackle. So along with our growing time, it's also time to do some tending, time to do some weeding, time to do some cleanup. And that brings us to our harvest season. This can be quick. It's the best time of our lives. It's when all of the choices, the hard work, the trust, and the patience, they all pay off. Our work, our relationships, our body, our mind, our spirit, they all feel strong and we feel like we're bringing glory to God. But here's a little something to remember. Harvests, they can come and go quickly. Sometimes we harvest big, and other times we have small harvests, but they can all be just as good. So let's enjoy the harvest that we're in. But remember, even at the same time, someplace else in our lives, we're still planting and we're growing in anticipation. It's also good to rest. And that in itself can be a season to be attentive and also enjoy. Consider that God gave us the day of rest, the day of Sabbath, not because he was tired, but because he wanted to give us an example that it was more than okay to take a rest day at least once a week. Land that doesn't rest runs out of the needed nutrients to keep things growing. We need to maybe consider some rest right now so that we can replant, grow, and harvest with enthusiasm and excitement. So how about this? How about a digital Sabbath from Saturday night sundown to Sunday night sundown? Just put the phone away, put the screen away, and come Sunday night, there's still plenty of room and time to get ready for Monday morning work. Plant, grow, harvest, rest. Four important parts of our Life Seasons app. Let's do our best this week to apply how we can seasonally grow.